a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we have already learned so much. So much has happened here in the state of Utah. Announcements from not only the governor regarding masks and his decision not to mandate a statewide uh, order for all of us to wear masks went out in public, though, uh, instead issuing forth a challenge. We'll get into those details in just a moment. We've also learned today, after a lengthy press conference and a laying out of all the evidences gathered by Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill, that the actions uh, taken by the officers in the shooting death of Bernardo Palacios Carvajal, in fact, uh, were not in violation of Utah state law, and subsequently charges will not be filed. That is a r- remarkable announcement. And I would invite you to make your way to my Facebook page. Why well, I know this isn't an effort in self-promotion. Uh, if you go there, right now you'll see the most recent posting is of the press conference delivered by Sim Gill. And what you will see there is a very detailed explanation of the events of the evening, or rather the early morning, of May 23rd, where a foot pursuit took place, a firearm was shown on these videos in the hands of the suspect, and ultimately officers feeling uh, an imminent threat to their own lives, according to the district attorney, opened fire on the suspect, subsequently ending his life. We will walk through uh, many of the details from that press conference, including the announcement by Sim Gill. And to get further understanding, we will, just after 2.30, be speaking to the Salt Lake County District Attorney himself. Sim Gill will be a guest on this program. If you have any questions you'd like me to ask of the District Attorney, please, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to get you involved in this conversation to have the best understanding possible uh, after these uh, incredible uh, incredible events and i say incredible uh in the in the heartbreaking sense it's never you know regardless of motivation and all that or motive or uh past behavior it's always a tragedy when someone loses their life but it is an even worse tragedy uh when justice does not prevail and i am grateful to this attorney for uh, if nothing else the thorough manner in which he detailed all of the information available to his office as he made the determined Termination, ultimately not to file charges against these officers. Now, another point on this. Uh, in about 45 minutes from now, just after 2 o'clock, we will hear from the family of Bernardo Palacios Carvajal. We'll also be hearing from Nathan Morris, an attorney from the law firm of Eisenberg, Cut, Kendall, and Olson, representing the family of uh, Bernardo Palacios Carvajal. During that press conference, we will also hear very likely from two 
siblings, Freddie and Karina. That press conference, again, taking place just after 2 o'clock. We will bring it to you live here on Live Mike on this station, KSL News Radio. Now, that, if that wasn't enough, there was another announcement. This one handed down by the Supreme Court. You know, for years, Donald Trump has been talking about uh, his tax returns. There have been so many requests of him to make public his tax returns, both his personal returns and those associated with his business. And for this reason and that, uh, those documents have not been forthcoming. Well, uh, the Supreme Court has weighed in. And the decisions which have been handed down, interestingly, are being celebrated as victories by both those who oppose the president and those who support the president. In in fact, uh, it was his attorney, uh, Jay Succulow who you remember was the lead attorney defending the president during the impeachment proceedings. He spoke at great length on this radio station as we brought to you live coverage of the impeachment proceedings. He, just a few hours ago, following the announcement from the Supreme Court, said that, quote, we are pleased that in the decisions issued today, the Supreme Court has temporarily blocked both Congress and New York prosecutors from obtaining the president's financial records. We will now proceed to raise additional constitutional and legal issues in the lower courts. Now, what about the other side of that? How is it that, uh, you know, with this analysis from uh, the president's attorney, how is it that individuals uh, like Nancy Pelosi are celebrating this as a victory for their side? Well, it's a nuanced thing. And the decisions handed down by the Supreme Court are not cut and dry. They are not cut and dry by a long shot. And I, as essentially a layman, won't pretend to to be able to explain to you all the intricacies of how that is the case. But I do know someone uh, who is well qualified, Paul Cassell with the University of Utah, a law professor there. And, of course, you know him as a former federal judge. He uh, often appears on this radio station to help us understand the things that are a little bit outside of our layman's brain. Uh, And so he will be my guest next. We'll talk a bit about that Supreme Court decision, the pair of them, as a matter of fact, revolving around the disclosure of the president's tax returns. Now, I do want to ask you a question about the mask deal. You heard uh, for the first half hour of the program today, the governor of this great state explaining his decision to, in fact, not issue forth a mandate requiring Utahns to wear masks when they're out and about, rather putting forth a challenge, challenging us to look at the data, look at the needs, look at the reality and the statistics, and two, using our own personal responsibility and our common sense to wear a mask when we can't appropriately social distance. What do you think about that? Was he right to err on the side of personal liberty, or was he wrong for not mandating that Utahns all wear masks. I want to hear from you, and I'll take your comments any which way you can send them my way.